This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18+. plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is Leicester Till I Die TV. Watch and subscribe on YouTube and listen on your podcast platform. Hi everybody, Jerry Taggart here. Now be sure to watch Chris and Leicester Till I Die TV by subscribing on YouTube and following them on social media for all the latest Leicester City news and information. Come on you foxes! Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on and ready to go. We're the famous Leicester City and we're going to Wembley. I tell you what, it sounds better when you've got 30-odd thousand people singing it with you. I'm not sure how bad that came off. I think I, I think we've just lost anybody that was in the chat there. Um, uh, <laughs> we've just lost everything's going, everything's happening today. Um, yeah, we're going. Hey, how do you feel? Southampton, Man City, Chelsea, and Leicester City semi finals of the FA Cup, Wembley. Yeah, bring it on. And we've got Southampton in the next round. And I'm not saying, you know, I am saying be careful what you wish for, but it's our first semi final since 1982. Wow. <laughs> hey, how happy are you? Is this what you're Yes! 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 Oh! 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 Oh, God. Oh. I'll have what she's having. Ah, I think we'll all have what she's having. And I'll tell you what she was having. She was watching Leicester beat Man United 3-1. What a result! This is the post-match show, and you're going to watch me and Brad. And let's have a look. You are watching and listening to the post-match show on Leicester Till I Die TV with Chris and Chubbs. You are indeed, and we are on... uh, Live on YouTube, Lesser Till I Die TV. Please, please, please give us a subscribe. We're on Facebook, the group, um, and we're on at Lester TID on the old Twitter. And uh, we want to hear your comments. We want to hear your views. Uh, let's get a few comments in. Um, 
Facebook user, fantastic game. Uh, Facebook user, well done, LCFC. If you are just not going to log into StreamYard, not a problem. Just stick your name at the end and I can give you a shoot out. Uh, what a win today. Midfield fantastic. They were fantastic across the board, 1 to 10. Um, Andy uh, Stewart had great game, great result. The boys were absolutely class today. Bring on Southampton. Yes, <laughs> I know. I don't know if you saw, we did we did a watch along today with the show and um, uh, Josh said, you know, that we are talking Leicester City here. We'll probably go now and, and lose to Southampton. But hey, It'd be nice. Semi-final at Wembley, eight Southampton, nine ten nil. <laughs> I, I know. I'm off on one. I'm off on one. I'm absolutely buzzing. Can you tell? Let's see if my co-host is buzzing or not. And we'll bring him in and say, hello, Brad. You must be buzzing today. I am, mate, because I had 3-1 Leicester as well. So I'm happy with that because I got the prediction. I got some money for that. So that, that's worked out in my favour. And, uh, yeah, I'm just enjoying it. It's uh, it's it's not sunk in yet, really. I know it might sound silly because it's only in semi-finals, but hey, do, do, do to get there and be at Wembley one way or, you know. It doesn't, it doesn't sound stupid at all because, I mean, this is just the sort of season – you know, we're having... I mean, we went this far last season. You know, Man United, they've got to, you know, win a cup. They're saying that's, you know, what Ollie's got to do possibly to save his job. You know, he got to three semis, but that's Man United. We've gone one better than last year. It's progression. And I tell you what I was, I was so glad that it was the Leicester team that came out, was the Leicester team that we know that can play, not the Leicester team that played Wolves, that played Fulham, <laughs> West Ham. It was a performance, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was a, it was a collective effort from all around the pitch. There wasn't too much to note that you could really pinpoint out as a as, as that had a bad moment in the game. I mean, yeah. even their goal, you could excuse because it's just one of them. If we... You know, I don't know if Greenwood made a very loud shout and got heard, and that that's how it's ended up with him. Because if not, I don't think he was doing anything with the ball if he takes it on. And we handled that well as as well, because I think that's probably the, you know, something that Leicester fans will be looking for in in the near future is we've got to start doing that with these sort of sides on a on a constant basis. You yeah. know, and, and I mean. I actually was really hoping that Julian Watson, I mean, Julian had the jab yesterday and apparently he took three medics and a guy with a bucket and sponge along with him. <laughs> He's not coming today at the moment. So he said he was fine. He said he was coming in. So he may, he may join us in a bit. But I wanted to ask him because when you look at that goal that they scored, their one goal, I was very, very negative with, ah, Julian's coming in. Julian, great. Julian is coming in, so let me add Julian in because this I, I do want to add him in because I want to actually get a defender's point of view from this. Um, so let me just bring Julian in. Good evening, Julian. Sorry, I'm late. That's <laughs> okay. We, we we said that the man with the bucket is still looking after you after your jab last <laughs> night yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> What what a win, Julian! We're going to be joined by a Man United fans soon, hopefully. So um, uh, that'll be that could be interesting. Hey, what a fantastic win! I mean, even Brad's happy, and you know something's gone wrong because it's gone well. If Brad's happy, yeah. Listen, I thought it was a perfect performance. I, I'm hoping that we've scored ten out of ten for the team and the manager. Thought everything that they did was was spot on at the right time, and the, before I couldn't, I, you know, I couldn't fault anyone's performance today. It was absolutely fantastic. I'm glad you came in because I did want to ask you this one thing, and I was about to ask Brad it, but you're here now, so forgive me, Brad. It is a defender's point. The goal that Man United got, why, oh, why did Soyuncu turn his back on him? Because the ball was coming towards Soyuncu. He went to the side like that, which is the smallest part of the body, and the ball literally looked like it just went past his back. If he'd stayed in that position, it would hit him on the chest and it would have gone out. I mean, it didn't matter at the end of the day because we went on to win, but why? I mean, 
why do players do that? Sure, as a defender, isn't your job is to just throw yourself in front of the ball? It, it is. It's, it's, a, it's a personal thing and it's it's taught to you in, in training, you know, day after day, match after match, never turn your back. And it's just one of those things where they think they're going to they're gonna get one in the face and they turn their back and it always looks terrible when it leads to something. And, and it looked terrible today. Um, you know, probably one of the few negatives of the performance. But it, yeah. it is a thing that it's just about bravery, if I'm honest. And it normally looks like a brave player, but... Yeah, it's that I don't really want to cop one in the um, in the face, chest, or whatever it is, and I'm just going to turn around and hope it's going to hit me on the backside. So yeah. yeah, really poor. And like I say, when it leads to something, it, it just well, it magnifies it, and it looks yeah. absolutely awful. But as a player, all players, defenders, whatever, always say, do not turn your back on the ball. Uh, and unfortunately, he did, and it and it cost us, but didn't cost us at the end of the day, which was a yeah. which was a great thing. We were saying during the watch-alongs, we did a live watch-along, Brad, you know, you couldn't imagine Raz Lesky doing that. No, you probably couldn't. He probably would have tackled Mason Greenwood to the floor with his bare hands, but that's for a different <laughs> side of Wesolowski. But certainly as a defender, Wesolowski would have stood their chest out and it would look like a brick wall he was hitting when he did it. Um, yeah. But it, like, like June said, it was one of the very few things that you're nitpicking at on a negative side of, of what was really in 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 a word what in, in a couple of words work workhorse that was a workhorse performance from the squad from the back to the front and it was probably one of the few times against Manchester United you've come in at half time and gone we shouldn't be behind. We no we shouldn't yeah. be level, you know, we shouldn't be level, sorry. You know, we shouldn't be level, we should be winning this game. And it was it's nice to see. Definitely uh, nice going forward. Would you agree with this, um, uh, Julian? Um, top performance from the boys, yes, I think we would agree with that. We're just going back to Bookline. Good evening, everybody that's joining us. Thanks for doing that. Bookline said their most impressive performance of the year, possibly because of the, the, what the game was. Yeah, I, I agree with it totally. Um, all I felt, I mean, when you have the most impressive performance of the year, everything has to go right for you, and that includes the opposition coming up and thinking that they can come into our backyard with a slightly weakened team and, and absolutely they got what they deserved. So everything has to go for you. The opposition, what we do, uh, I really did find it a perfect performance. Like I say, when, when Manchester United equalised, I thought, God, that's so against the run of play and the work we put in. Yeah, yeah and I, I really, it was like so disappointing as a, as a fan rather than looking at anyone in the team to fault. It was just like, you know, we've dominated this game from start to finish. We're beating them, ends up in every single department. So to concede, and it really was a nothing goal against us. It, it was terrible. But I think we showed the resolve that we've got and that we've showed of late with, with lots of injuries, uh, some tricky performances and opposition. Uh, we showed that we've got a little bit more in the locker than maybe, you know, I thought we had six months ago. Uh, and, we, and we came back and... What really pleased me was that after we scored the second goal, we continued for a short spell to dominate the game, which, you know, you can score a goal, get 2-1 in front, think, oh, we've done it, you know, have a bit of a breather, and then you can invite the pressure back on you. And I, I thought we had a, a really nice 10, 15-minute period, I think, after the second goal, uh, and we still went on and dominated the game. And for me, that that showed everything that we needed to see today. Yeah. Um, Andrew has made the comment here, just a shame no fans will experience Wembley. But I do believe if we get to the final, we might be able to allow to have 20,000 there. Who knows? But then again, that might just be taken up with FA big wigs and club chairman. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, Tony's made the point here. Um, Vardy was taken off before Inacho. You, you couldn't take Inacho off today. <laughs> Sorry, you had to, had to leave him on. Brad, I want to ask you, because I made this point before, I watched the Man United-Milan game, and that obviously helped us, because they, they looked at times like they were running in mud. And, and, and uh, you know, the, the um, Jane has said that on the commentary. But Pogba, he came on midweek, he played 45 minutes, and man of the match. He turned that game in United's favour. Yeah, he scored the goal, but he literally bossed that second half. And I made the point there that you don't know what Nat, uh, what um, Pogba is going to turn up. We didn't get that no, Pogba you, today, thank God. No, no, Taken off. No, you, you know, no, he, you he know was, exactly. 
you know exactly what Pogba you're getting every week. And it all depends on if the transfer window's open or it's a big enough game in his eyes. And he does not see a quarterfinal in the FA Cup as a big enough game. He's all playing AC Man as a big challenge and he steps up. Yeah. That is Paul Pogba in a nutshell. And if, I'm not disputing the lad's got talent. I'm not. But Paul Pogba, Pogba in a nutshell at Manchester United is... When he throws his toys out of the pram, you might get a run of games from him. But it's convenient now. His run of games come in January, August, and in a big game, like 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 AC Milan. Because yeah. Manchester I mean, United fans won't come on here saying they put out a side hoping to see Leicester batter him and not bother with the cup. Because they wanted to win this to the fans today. And he doesn't turn up for them. From, from, no. from a neutral's point of view, anyway. It was there was a point as it was a point I made that you just didn't know you know I think that Pogba today was the one that went out on the pitch and went I'm not really up for this today and, yeah. and it he showed, did his job racing um, he did his job against AC Milan that was it he did his yeah. job against AC Milan yeah. didn't need to really do it today that'll hold yeah. him in good stead in his mind for three or four weeks. Yeah. Andy, um, I don't know where this Inacho has been since he arrived. Maybe that's the latest uh, Leicester City um, merchandise, the new the new book. Where, where's Nacho? <laughs> if we can get him in a blue and white hoop top, <laughs> we can have a Where's Nacho game. Julian, again, and I love I love having the ex-players on here, and as always, thank you for joining us, because I do like to see your perspective from this. Four substitutes from Man United all at the same time. That threw me out because I forgot you could have extra ones in the FA Cup, but four substitutes. As a player on the pitch, and you're watching a manager make that many changes a surely it's got to put a spoke in the rhythm of the, the the team because it's not just one at a time and he gets bedded in and brings somebody else in but surely it sends out a negative vibe to the players that just that stay on the pitch yeah if, if i'd have been playing today and saw that i would have absolutely loved it as a leicester player because it mm. just says that They've had no answers to what we've been doing so far. They're struggling in the game. They need to try and get a foothold in the game. They're not quite sure how to do that. And, and then throwing four players into the mix, which, like you say, absolutely ruins any sort of rhythm that they might have had. Uh, it, for me, it was like sheer desperation. And if it had worked for him, we'd have been calling him a genius now. But it, it was more desperate for me. And I, like I say, when I, as I saw it unfold, I thought, great, he, he really hasn't got the answers to what he can do yeah. to, to combat the, what we're doing on the pitch. So that was a massive, massive positive for me. Uh, and on the other side, I thought the subs that me, we made were perfect, uh, absolutely the perfect time. I mean, we, we said, Brad, at the, on the pre-match show that this was probably... Um... Do you, sorry, just before I go on to that, I'm not sure, Julian, do you remember Richard Smith? Was he was he around at the same time as you? I hope not, because I don't remember him. <laughs> <You don't>. <laughs> <laughs> I, am, I am famously terrible with names and faces. So if I saw someone, I probably say I know him, but I, I can't remember his name. So apologies. Uh, I've, got, I've got my notes here. I don't know. Uh, the reason I asked was because I think you played. Ah, you so see, you were at Leicester from '96 to '98. He was at Leicester from '88 to '96. So you probably passed each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send him your best. But Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you were you were probably walking out in as he was walking out. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, um. I forgot what my question was going to be now to Brad. So, look, look, looking at the game, I mean, we've been very, you know, I've been very critical of, of, of Nacho and Perez, etc. But, yes, he got two goals, but Nacho's all-round performance, again, you know, you, you, you can't not play him, can you? Now, that's what I was going to say, is when you looked at our team... And you say, oh, yeah, that's the, that's a really strong team he's put out. In fairness, it was the only team he could put out because we had no other striking options on the bench. And when you looked at their bench, and bless them, you looked at our bench, and no disrespect to our, our subs, <laughs> you know, there was there were worlds apart. But he, he'd gone for the win first. Bit, a little bit unlike Brendan, because usually, like, you know, he, he likes to bring the players on later. But he's gone with his strongest team. And then, as, as Julian said, the subs were made to hold on to what we've got. 
yeah, it was just like a great all-round performance. Like like Julian said earlier, it was actually it was probably the most perfect ten performance we've had mm. um, all season. I'd argue it's probably up there with the Man City one um, for a perfect ten performance. To like to a man in, in Iacho, in the last what three four weeks, he, he's been in the side on a consistent. I think we found the problem. I think we've solved the problem in Iacho a little bit there because he looks. To the way he played today was and it was like nothing Leicester have seen before from Iniacho. I know we've said we've seen snippets of him here and there when he's been in and out the side, but it just shows that consistency is all that guy needed in a goal. Because yeah. today he was getting everywhere, he was making passes. You know, he deserves his two goals and he deserves the man of the match for, for, yeah. for me today, which I believe he got given to him because. For all the stick he's taken, and, and Perez was good today. I'll hold my hands up and say that as well. You know, Chris, I'm not going to be diverse myself. And I think for them too, even though Perez didn't get a goal today and wasn't as clinical as he was against Sheffield United when when he had his chances, he still played well. And them too have shown great character, as Brendan's favourite word is to use, it, to come back and play as well as they've been doing. And it's really good to see. Julian, you're going to wonder how uh, Barnes and Madison are going to get back into this first team. Yeah, I mean, for me, the thing with Iniacho, and I will say now that I think all three of us have criticised, you know, uh, the you know Perez and, and Iniacho, but quite rightly so because at the yeah, times yeah. they haven't they haven't performed to the levels that you know we expect as Leicester City fans. But for right now, this formation, and you know, it's very unconventional in the modern game to have two strikers. It's really suiting us now, and it's really suiting Kalichi. You know, he's he is thriving in this environment. And I, I think I said after the Sheffield United game, you know, Perez had a great game, and Wood would be able to still use that formation and use him in that number ten role against a better yeah. team. And we've we've shown today that Brendan's gone with the same team, basically, and he has done. You know, we have absolutely dominated a, a game today with two, not only one. You know, with normally a one striker, we've had two strikers on the pitch. And a classic number 10 in Perez, who actually worked back and, and got in when he needed to. So, you know, obviously Madison and, and Barnes will be welcome back when they come back and they, they are going to fit in somewhere. Probably a bit more difficult for Barnes in the fact that, you know, he's a wide player and we're, we're now yeah. playing with this with this 10 and two strikers. But undoubtedly, you know, they're going to find the places in that. But the formation and the team for me is, is picking itself. And even though we say, you know, we didn't really have much choice in the strongest team today, it really bodes well in the last two performances for me, how it's all sort of knitted together uh, perfectly. So, uh, and obviously we're, we're going to welcome those guys back in like we did Pratt today, who, who came in, uh, like I say, and, and contributed to the performance. Yeah. Let's just have a look at uh, some comments here. Um, Mark, good evening, Mark. Thank you for joining us. Evening, lads. Great second half performance from the off. Indeed, you like a Rolls Royce in midfield. Very happy tonight. I'm sure Mrs. Chawner We'll be so glad to hear that. Um, Tony Cover, so glad the Vardy miss didn't cost us. He snatched at it when composure was required. Personally, um, I think he's just on what is a, is a striker that's just he wants he needs one to go in off his backside. To be honest with you, you know Sheffield he hit the post there. We was close. It, it will come back. It will come back. Uh, Ch. Um, well played Leicester, by far the better side. A class from a Leeds fan. Well, thank you, CH. Coming from a Leeds fan, it means twice as much. It's uh, appreciated that. Um, Andy Stewart, and not the Andy Stewart from Scotland, I don't think. Man United wanted the win. Uh, going without a trophy this season is a huge no-no for them. I know they are still in Europe, but I think that the FA Cup was a must for them. Um David Gamble, whoop, where have you gone, David? Um, it just jumped on me then, so I'm playing catch-up here. Um, told, uh, David Gamble here, told you we would win. We did. Do you have the lottery numbers by any chance, David? Just post them. I won't put them in the screen. I'll keep them to myself, but if you've got them, just post them there. <laughs> Andy Medhurst, um, we're going to Wembley. You can't beat a good semi. Is that true, fellas? <laughs> it's it's been so long for me. You know. <laughs> we'll move on. We'll move on. Um, Andy Medhurst, and that was the one. Fantastic win, Andy Medhurst. Here, indeed, he was um, uh, was unbelievable. And Max Pickering, um, 
Agreed, Brad. What difference in his confidence and couldn't have come at a better time. Scott, um, it's great to see the link-up play and the work ethic from Vardy and Nacho, but I'm going to have to have humble pie, as Paris actually did well. There's a lot of the old humble pie going round here. Um, this threesome produces goals that are more reliable. The Barnes-Madison combo seems to involve more luck than chaos. Whew, that's a bit... Uh, a bit uh, dis disagree with that. Um, today they were brilliant. Yes, they were. Um, Luke, good evening. A fantastic win tonight. Um, and the Dugout Football Channel, good evening. Um, congratulations, totally deserved this evening. And that's an Everton fan. Thanks a lot, mate. I really do appreciate that. Talking about fans from opposite in clubs, um, we are going to invite, <laughs> and I've got to say, before we go any further, I am going to give this guy a huge shout out because we're going to have a Man United fan come in. And I think the fact that he's going to come on the channel straight after that, I am going to give him, um, I've said that, I don't know what he's going to say yet, but I'm going to give him credit for actually coming on. So I'm going to say, good evening, Keen. How, how are you feeling after that? Not good at all. Not good. Um, but look, absolutely fair play to Leicester today. Look, I think they they were massively and um, better team today. Well, well more organised. I think they dominated the midfield today. I think Leicester were the much more dominant team today. Um, in Diddy and Tielemans in that midfield, absolutely bosses. And look, there's no excuses for me from Manchester United point of view. The Leicester simply wanted it more today. And look, I think at the end of the day, as a United fan, we you have to own up and admit that. And I think. To all things considered, Leicester were a much better team today, and like there's no excuses from from my side anyway in terms of yeah. you know looking at the our performance today. Do you know because we're we're simply the second best. Keen, we spoke the other night. Obviously, I was on your show, and I mentioned Pogba. And I said, you know, he was absolutely amazing against AC Milan when he came on in that second half. He turned the game for you. But I did say you don't know if that Pogba was going to turn up. And we mentioned this before, didn't we, Brad? You know, you just don't know which Pogba is, is going to walk over that white line. And it wasn't that Pogba today, was it? It was the the old Pogba that just couldn't seem to give a damn. Yeah, he looked absolutely like knackered, to be fair. Every time he got the ball, it was kind of, it was very kind of laboured and he didn't do much at all. But I think that's more down to the players that are around him. I thought Matic and Fred done him no favours in terms of service and getting the ball into him because he was... Pogba was meant to be playing in a much more advanced position today in terms of playing off, off the left and kind of playing it on the left-hand side of the field. But like they didn't get the ball to him and he kept having to drop deep and he was running all over the shop and he was kind of like running around like a headless chicken. And like you see when he came off, he looked absolutely knackered. But yeah, I agree. It wasn't his best game. But like Ollie, like said in his press conference on Friday that he wasn't fit to start the game. But why starting then? Do I think that you have to call that que into question though for the for the manager? If, if you're saying in the press conference on a Friday that he's not fit to start a game, then why start someone? It, it doesn't make sense. Um, but look, it's just one of them things. You kind of you have to kind of dust yourself off. You you move on and like hopefully he can pick up his fitness over the international break now because he has a couple of games to play in France and hopefully that he can play himself into a bit of form and a bit of match fitness. Um, a, a, a quick question from Andy here, and then I'm going to come to Brad because I know Brad's got a question for you. Uh, indeed, he took his shorts off and Fred fell out of his pocket. <laughs> you, 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 you've got a question for Keen, haven't you, Brad? Yeah, um, I feel a bit bad now because he's been such a humble guest and he's come on. I feel bad about this, but I've got, I've got to ask. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure how Ineacho scores that second goal when he's got 80 million worth of player in his back pocket. That was a very good goal. You have to give him credit for that, Edo. Because he escaped with Maguire after that game, didn't he? That yeah, like I think Harry Maguire, that decision, like in terms of that, when you see a player pressing your whole midfield player, like this has been a, a common team at Man United this season. We've we've tried to play through a press when we don't have centre-backs capable of doing that. Harry Maguire has been making that mistake this season. Lindelof's been doing the same. And, like, you see me in natural. The thing is, Harry Maguire is a centre-back. You can see the whole game in front of you. You can see who's tracking your whole midfielder. You can see who's, who's going at your full-backs. It's baffling that he passed that ball to Fred. When he knows, number one, Fred isn't capable to be on the ball. And also, like, you see a striker behind him in Ian Nacho who is, who is clinical and who can, you know, has a good scoring record against Manchester United. 
um, he also with Leicester, but also at Manchester City as well. He he bagged a few of us for City as, as well. So, like, I think you have to look at that and call Maguire's decision making into question there. 80 million Great British pounds. That's baffling when you look at a decision like that. Like, you don't see a Virgil van Dijk or you don't see any other top centre half or Ruben Diaz or anyone like that in the Premier League or a Fafana or anyone like that. Like, if you see your midfielders under, under pressure and you see that a striker is coming behind them, you play over the press, you don't play through the press. I think that's been a common team for United this season. You need We need to start playing over the press because playing through it seems to be coming to our detriment this year. Julian, have you got a question at all for Keane? No, all I'd say, Keane, is, is what's the opinion of, I suppose, the Man United fans towards towards the manager? I mean, he came in, had that unbelievable run, and then after that, there was like the other side of it where it wasn't such great, but he, he seems to have rallied round, although I feel like a lot of the performances, particularly early on in the season, where they just had the real players to pull them out when you were conceding first, but you'd still managed to get over the line at the end of it. Um, and then it, it really dragged them up the league. But I do feel now like they are looking a bit more like an accomplished Man United uh, side they would seen historically. But what, what's the sort of fans' view on the manager now? Are they happy with him or, you know? I think, look, I'll be honest with you guys. The Manchester United fan base is so split in Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. It's unbelievable. Half the United fans are religiously Ole out. The other... Side of United fans are religiously all in. They're just like cults, really. Um, but you, you have to look at the, the situation at the moment with Oli. I think the jury's still out on his tenure at the moment because you have to consider if he gets second place this season and he won a trophy, that would have been considered progress. Um, obviously, on last season, finishing third. Um, obviously, season four, he finished sixth in the table. So I think like the jury's still out on his tenure. I think he has to try to cement that second place and he has to win the Europa League now. It's like Europa League are bust because Leicester are on our tails for that second place. Chelsea are also playing well. I think Oli, that Europa League now is so, so important for him. Like if he doesn't win a trophy and God forbid this doesn't happen, but if he doesn't finish in the top four, the Glazers will make a business decision and they, 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 they'll sack him. But I think all he's done in his tenure, he's done very well to, be, to make certain players better. I think Marcus Rashford has come on leaps and bounds since Oli came in under Jose Mourinho like he was robbed of two years um, of his development there and you've seen since um, Oli's come in like Marcus Rashford's numbers have gone up tenfold in the last two three years under Oli um, Luke Shaw like he looked like he was devoid of kind of any confidence after that leg break he comes back from a tragic leg break and Jose Mourinho kind of killed his confidence slagging him about his weight in the media you know basically saying anytime Luke Shaw had a good performance it was Mourinho's do you know reason why that's why he's going through a good form but then since Ollie's came in Luke Shaw has quickly become one of the best left backs in England do you know he's after getting called back into England squad do you know Luke Shaw has been very progressive this year I think other than Bruno Fernandes I think Luke Shaw's probably been our best player this season yeah. so there are certain aspects Ollie's approved but improved but when you take an overall view this season in terms of where his flaws are his flaws are like in in terms of our coaching staff, I think you look at the types of goals United are conceding this season, we're conceding the same type of goal, either from Zola marking at a corner, as we've seen today, and also playing out from the back. And we haven't rectified it, and we're in March. So you'd have to call into consideration what we're doing from like a, do a coaching aspect for, um, in regards to that, because Kieran McKenna is our defensive coach, and we're conceding the same type of goal, you know, all yeah. season. Did, you'd have to call that into question, is- you know. Did we as Leicester, just correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm not being awful, we, we scored from a free kick and we scored from a corner, didn't we? Well, yeah. I mean, in, in one game, that's more than we managed with, with those over, over the season put together. But I, I jest with you because it's, it, it, it's not been our strong point. But Brookline said this earlier, um, the game would have saved one of those three goals. Do you think so? I think Henderson's, the way he came out for the first goal, Probably done himself a disservice trying to go with his leg there, but I'm not going to be too harsh on him because he's been done very well since he's come in. I think Dav De Gea has been massively, though very poor in for large parts of this season. He's cost us a lot of points, so I don't know if I'd agree with that because you know he's he's made a lot his fair share of mistakes this season. Yeah, 
And I'll let you go in a minute, but I'm just going to say, then we can talk about you. <laughs> we, can, we can pull Man United to bits when you're not here. But like Brad said, we're guilty doing it because you've been very, very nice about Leicester. And you were very nice on the show, in fairness. Um, Leicester against Southampton. Chelsea, Man City. Which who, who do you see the final between? Well, Leicester are beating Southampton anyway. Like it was the battle of the nine nil teams who was going to go through and beat Southampton. Like both teams so, beaten. That's like, what I said. We wouldn't have like, known. Literally, like literally, when the when the draw made at half time, I was on another channel. I was on a watch along, and like yeah. the draw was made, and 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 I said, um, "Geez, it's the battle of nine nil now. Whoever gets through, like it's the Southampton are guaranteed to lose." Um, do you know? So, like, I think Leicester should win there. I'm praying to God Chelsea beat Manchester City because if Manchester City go on and win the FA Cup and it's very possible they could win the Champions League as well, it'll kill me to see them win the treble. It would <laughs> kill me to see them surpass, like, see us then do the same thing as us. But, look, I think if Brendan Rodgers has done a fantastic job at Leicester, I pointed this out to you the other night, Chris, I think what yeah. he's done in terms of you know, living within his means at Leicester in terms he hasn't gone out and made marquee signings. He's went in he, and coaching has been a massive thing. He's coached his team massively. You see what his vision is. And like loads of players are massively drilled. And like what your football club is doing as a whole in terms of selling players with big transfer fees, but then bringing in to better players for lesser money and then to bring them in for a system that works. It's it's not short remarkable. And Phil Brown from Beyond the Pitch said it on my podcast the other night. From what they've done since from the owners, and then obviously though when you tragically lost your owner. They've maintained that. Leicester have maintained that. And they've gone on and continued that legacy and built and built. And like I think Leicester are, are here to stay um in, as a top four team. And I think though I think th- there has to be a conversation happening very soon. Like the, when we talked about the broadcasters labeling Spurs and Arsenal as part of the big six when they haven't won a, a league in such a long time. And Leicester are now consistently in the top four longer than yeah. both Spurs and Arsenal. The conversation has to be made soon that Leicester become part of this like so-called big six because they're doing so well and they've been progressive since 2016. You have to call that into question. I think Leicester have to be in that conversation. Talk, talk talking about selling players and, and buying improvements in. Again, I said the other night, thanks very much for the 80 million. But oh, we had our pants pulled down there. it it never it never gets old it never gets boring it always makes me laugh um quickly just just before i let you go here rob's asking would you buy for farna i'm guessing the answer to that would be a a yes wouldn't it 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 is a yes but i think if we're paying hey for harry Maguire, we're paying probably about 90 or 100 for fafana because like at least fafana can pass a ball and he can run so like do you know like in, in in that regard um, I would buy him, but I don't think United will be going back to Leicester to buy any players anytime soon because like we'd be charged a premium. Like I think the bench was set, benchmark was sent for Harry Maguire, like eighty million pounds. So I think where whether they go in for Fafana or not, I doubt it. But I think we're probably going to be looking abroad for a centre back this this summer. I'd say. Brilliant, Keen. Thanks very much. Um, good luck in the Europa League. Uh, I do like to see British teams do well, even though I did laugh my head off at Spurs the other night. But I do. If, we are. if we're not in it, I would like to see a British teams. So I do like Ollie, as you know. So good luck in the Europa League. Not so, not so much good luck in the Premier League for obvious reasons. Thanks for coming on and thanks for taking it on the chin tonight, mate. And we'll keep in touch and we'll do, do something together again soon. Yeah, absolutely. Look, thanks very much for having me on today, Chris. And nice Brilliant. to meet the two lads as well. And um, look, best luck with uh, with the FA Cup. And hopefully, you can help us stop Manchester City win that treble. And look, um, we'll definitely be in touch again. We'll uh, we, we we'll uh, we'll do another show very very soon. Yeah. We'll, Cheers, we'll, we'll do our best. Yeah, <laughs> thanks very much, mate. Take care. Cheers, lads. See ya. Cheers. Bye, bye. You see, you can't be horrible to a fan like that, can you? <laughs> <laughs> He's gone now. Let's bitch about Man United. Um, uh, he made some very good points there, though, didn't he? And at the end of the day, you know, a lot of fans would go on and go, "All oh, the ref was against us." And what we we outplayed them. I, I thought so. I thought comprehensively, every department we, we were better than them. Uh, and, and again, you know, he didn't for me pick a, what I'd call the strongest team. I mean. 
You know, I look at why don't Chelsea start Giroud every week? So I think he's the best striker they've got, despite his age. I think Cavani at Manchester United, you know, if you want to win games, he needs to be starting because he's the best clinical striker they've yeah. got. So he's played Van der Beek. So we all know that, you know, he's not in week in, week out. So then it just suggests that he's thought he can come, you know, to the king power and put out a team that's not quite his strongest and, and still get a result. So... You know, I think the blame on the the result from a Man United perspective is definitely down to the manager for me tonight, and 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 the the reason we won is probably down to our manager with the team selection and the way uh, he uses you know his substitutions. I thought it was uh, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I was just going to ask you that, Brad. You know, we've criticised Brendan. You know, some Josh said earlier. You know, people say you know football fans are fickle. I think being fickle goes with being a football fan because. Players have good games and you moan because you lose because we're passionate. But and we've we've you know we've moaned about Brendan this season, but he got it spot on, didn't he today? And and the substitutions he made, you could see why he was doing it. Yeah, you almost feel like that game that Brendan almost predicted to a T what Manchester United were going to come and do today. It's almost mm. like going right, lads. They're not going to have the likes of Bruno Fernandes. They're not going to have the likes of, you know, Rashford. So, in the first half, we've got to get at them. You know, score a goal. Second half, get a second. Then expect the big boys, which they chucks on all in a row, absorb it, and if we can, nick a third. If not, see it out. And they just did that to a T. Like Julian said, it's tens all around. And, you know, I think fickle does come with football when you're a football fan because you're just extra passionate. You see things through blue-tinted glasses, red-tinted glasses, you know, whatever colour, you know, your team playing. You, you sometimes get told you're seeing through your own eyes, but that's because that's what following football is all about. You yeah. see, you know, you see these players. I mean, who here, when Ineacho nicked the ball and took it round Henderson and, and slotted it in with, with an absolute show of perfection for confidence you know if you want to see a goal that defies confidence any actual involved missing that i'm telling you or he's not getting there or something he gave me an extra smile on my face today the performance was pleasing from start to front and players like that were coming in and, and have been good for weeks continuing it was just fantastic and and like Julian says, we just beat them in every department from defending to intensity to effort we were the better side and, and, and came away from, from from a game in such confidence. I think that can, maybe this, psychologically, gives us a bit of an edge going forward in, in, yeah. in, in the Premier League. Because when it comes round to going then, we'd like to think that the, you know, we're a bit further away from these teams, like Chelsea. It's, it's like almost Manchester like we don't, we don't want the international break to come. We just want to get, have another game next week, Julian. But, you know, like the, like the viewer said there, you know, this is without Barnes, this is without Madison, this is that with without Ricardo. We've got the oh, and this is without James Justin. I can go on. When those players come back, you better be watching out as a, a, other teams, haven't they? Yeah, Adam, you know, it's certainly going to be uh, a headache to the manager how he brings these players back in. I mean, they were all deserving of the places before their injuries. Uh, and obviously now they've unfortunately had this period where they've been out and, and the team's really hit the ground running. Like I say, for me, the most complete performance I've seen all season. Um, you know, we're looking at Manchester United, who were second in the league and we've beaten a fantastically strong team today. And, we, you know, we've always been a bit worried, are we going to finish in the top four? I mean, I feel more confident after today's performance that, that we are because... It seems like, you know, just bring whoever on and we, we can go out and give them a really good game. As far as the lads coming back in, I mean, probably a difficult one for Barnes with the, with the shape change. For Madison, he'll slot in where Perez is and, and do equally or if not a better job. So not so much for him. But like, you know, then we have got these choices. So at the minute, we said earlier that, you know, the manager didn't have much of a choice for the team. He's all of a sudden going to have the choices and then the choices from the bench to come on and improve uh, and whichever way the games are going for us to, you know, to make those perfect substitutions as he did today. And I want to ask you this, Julian, again, because of, of uh, you, you, you're an ex-player. I've always said, and I think Brad agrees with me here, is that, as you've just said, as good as these players were before they got injured, they shouldn't just automatically walk back into the team if the, t if the players that have replaced them are doing well. If the players that have replaced them aren't doing well, then 
yeah, fine, bring them in, but, you know, how do you, you know, if it's not broken, why fix it sort of thing? Martin O'Neill, would, would, what was his philosophy? Did he, did he, if one of the big names came back, did he drop whoever had been in, or did that player have to earn that place back? I don't, I don't recall us having that many injuries, but I think, you know, back then we, we didn't have probably the the depth that we've got now. And, and, and obviously that depth's been tested to the absolute limits with the biggest, you know, the amount of injuries. I don't remember having more than two or three players who would be playing in the first team week in, week out, you know, being injured. It, it, it just didn't happen to us. We were quite fortunate at the time. But I think for Martin, it probably, you know, depended who it was. You know, obviously, like Steve Walsh was the one that we'd probably talk about because he yeah. had more injuries than anyone. He always struggled with his knees and sometimes had to miss games because of that. Uh, and he was, was an that, absolute. Was that injuries or, or red cards, Julian? <laughs> probably a mixture of both. But, but to be fair to him, he was such a presence on the pitch, such a leader, right to the you know to the end of his career that. Um, if he was fit and he was able to play, you, you probably would play him, you know. And so I think it's a case-by-case case situation. Um, back then it was definitely. But Steve's probably a good example of someone that he was fit, he played, because, like I say, such a presence on the on the pitch, such, such a great leader. And as the game was a bit different then and we, we were allowed to be more physical, obviously he was one of the more physical players. And I think that's what we did well back in those days. We, we really competed with with yeah. people, you know, other than with just with ability. Brad, I'm going to ask this of you because I agree with this totally and it was great to see him come back today. Uh, I think, um, again, don't know who said this, Facebook user, I think Pratt is so underrated and I, I, I would agree and I think it's just unfortunate that players have done so well in his positions, but I rate Pratt. Yeah, I don't actually think he's that underrated here at Leicester. I know a lot of fans that speak quite highly of Pratt and were very. Mm. I was one that was very excited to see him get on the pitch today and get him back in the mix. I think he was very keen from Leicester fans once they started hearing Brendan mentioning his name back on the training ground pitch that they were eager that he was hopefully going to get some form of minutes before this international break. You know, because it's nice to get a little bit of match sharpness in, isn't it? Because obviously he's not going to go away with the international squad. Uh, you know, you know, because he's been out for so long, and that's the only bit of match he's had. But it gives him a bit more time on that training ground whilst the lads away, which will be a bit lighter for him because there won't be so many there through the international break. I think it was just nice to see. I don't think he's underrated. I just think, due to his injuries, always tend to be four to six weeks that he's out for. That's patterned his career a bit. You know, he's not got as much game time as we'd like to see. But when he has played, he's been a consistently good player. He's always showing something and there's no way why if he keeps coming back up you know like Julian said yes he'll have to work his way in and he's he's not going to walk onto that team sheet every week but if he you know if he can come back and get these performances you know when when the minutes come for him like he's going to have to wait and be patient and probably come off the bench a few more times you know that will give the players like Perez and, and that the encouragement to keep up their performances because they won't want to suddenly find themselves yeah. on the bench no. In, in roles reversed. So, Alan Bennett's um, match ratings and man of the match. I don't think any, I think this is probably going to be the quickest one we've ever done of these because I think we're just going to totally and utterly agree with this. Um, this guy certainly got the man of the match off um, the BBC. Um, manager 10, yeah. team 10, Nacho man of the match. For me, Yes, yes, and yes. Spot that sounded on. like I was having sex then, didn't it? Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I wish. Uh, all three seconds of it as well. Yeah. Uh, I think, <laughs> hey, that... hey, yeah, I, I could never make it last that long normally. <laughs> you, you agree, Brad? Julian, would you agree uh, with that? No, not, not the three seconds. Not the three <laughs> seconds. You agree with the, uh... We've all been there and done that. Don't worry about it. Um, I, I, feel, I feel like maybe it's, I don't know if it's because I'm a defender that I, I probably feel like I can't give someone man of the match that high up the pitch. Uh, I thought he was excellent today. The goals, the all-round play, bringing people into the game. What he's doing with Vardy and Perez, as we spoke about, Sheffield United game was absolutely fantastic. But for me, I was watching the game today, and I think it's probably just the way I look at games as a defender, yeah. is that the, the two guys in the middle of the park 
I thought Tielemans dominated the game with the ball and I thought indeed he dominated the game without the ball. I, I thought they were both exceptional today and I, I think there'll be Premier League clubs and probably foreign clubs looking at them and, and eyes watching thinking we need to get in and get these players. I thought they were immense uh, and they really set the tone for the game. So I'm not going to disagree with Alan, but for me, no. I, I'd probably just give it uh, Indeedy today. I, I thought he really broke it up. And, and again, when you go and score three goals and you dominate a team, a guy like that probably goes under the radar a tiny little bit because he's doing the, the horrible little bits and we're all watching people on the ball and all the skill and, and the goals and everything else. But uh, yeah. I, I've got to say today for the first time in a long time as well, I, I couldn't, say anyone had a, a, an under-par performance, which was amazing. It just all fell I mean, into place. And I wouldn't criticise any one of the players. I thought they were all all immense today. And that was something we said with Josh. You know, we, we, we said we don't actually... Um, would We'd hate to be in Alan's shoes in actually having to pick a man of the match. <laughs> and um, mm -hmm. uh, somebody's saying, they, have we got Southampton in back-to-back -back matches? I'm not sure. 17th, 18th of April... I think is when the um the, the semis will be played. Um that most likely get twisted or rearranged or something, no doubt they'll probably want that big thing. I, mean, yeah. I think going back I'm guessing I'm guessing BT will have one and BBC will have one. Yeah, you you'd assume so, wouldn't you? And just adding to what Julian yeah. said, I think Julian made actually quite a good point that sometimes we do go on notice of what the middle of the part what goes on in the middle of the part, the way to do it. I just think what it is with Iniacho that's really catching the eye is it's, like we said, four, four or six weeks ago, he's now, this performance was a complete transformation from Iniacho that couldn't hold the ball up, too heavy with his touch, too slow in his movement, couldn't make a pass, would throw his arms up and not get back enough. It was a complete transformation. And I think that's, you know, because we, we are a bit too quick sometimes to go, well, he scored two goals. So he must have been man of the match. And really, like Julian said, they, they were such a they're such a key cogger component. And you know, Keane said it earlier when you asked him about Fafana, I think he was mugging us off of 120 million, saying that's all we'd <laughs> we'd you know yeah. we'd get. Because I think he's worth a lot more than that. And I think you'd struggle to get him away from Leicester. And if we can if we can do what we're looking like we're doing, and that's a top four finish and and who knows what else now in the FA Cup. I think you're going to struggle to get them away because they won't want to go themselves, let alone Leicester having yeah. a price match for them. And I think you saw that yeah. today. It all just falling slowly a bit more into place. I'm mm. just going to say that uh, certainly on what Julian was saying, um, I think into Milan have been rumoured that they they want to come in for Tillemans, but they want to offer us 34 million, which is like six million less than we paid for him, <laughs> and what he's like yeah. now. I don't I don't get the logic in that, Inter, but I don't think you're going to get them. I want to say thank uh, you for joining not. us. I'm going to ask one last question of you both. Again, it, it's a it's a one uh, one word answer. Um, and I am rushing off. I'm going to admit I am rushing off because I'm going to do what Julian did the other week. Julian had a birthday the other week, and apparently, and I saw his, I saw his, um, his, his, his photos on Facebook, and my God, he had more more alcohol than Everard. So I'll tell you, <laughs> and I believe he was he was suffering the next morning. <laughs> But uh, I hope you had a good one anyway, Julian. But I am no, I am no. going to go and, and have something alcoholic and watch the return of uh, Line of Duty. But the question is, and I'm going to ask you both this, Southampton versus Leicester, Man City versus Chelsea, are we going to get to... Are we going to win the Cup? Let's put it simply, are we going to win the Cup? Brad first, yes or no? Yeah. Yeah, Julian, are we going to finally be the bride? Yes, we are definitely. Yes, Every I chance. do have a feeling, you know, because uh, we can get to the final, and we it, if it goes all to what it should be on paper, then it's probably going to be Man City we uh, we play, but it's a one-off game, you know, and and it, like I say, people don't turn up, and we beat them five two early in the season. I'm not saying what will happen at Wembley, but that would be would be a nice way to win the cup. Gentlemen, thank you both very, very much. You've got a weekend off next weekend. I think Julian will probably be trying to sort of get through his uh, his, his birthday drinks. I'm sure they'll. Uh, hey, hey, nice one, mate. Nice one. 
Water. That's the difference, you see. Hope <laughs> <laughs> oh, you had a good one anyway, Julian. Thanks very yes, much, thanks. mate. And uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. No worries. Thanks, guys. See you later. Thanks yeah, a lot. Cheers, Thank Julian. You. See you. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks as always to Julian. Great to have him on. And it's also great to have Brad on um, with his football knowledge. Thanks very much, mate. Yeah, it's been a pleasure as always. We get to enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy it so everybody else can go off and enjoy it before before the Monday comes around. Yeah, and I think we'll all be watching Match of the Day tonight, won't we? There's, there's a strong possibility. I might have to take the highlights with me, at, you know, watch them tomorrow yeah. as well in the morning. There used to be a time, I was about to show me the age there, because there used to be a time when you'd record it so you could watch it over and over again. Now, you just go straight to YouTube, don't you? <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. I can do that. I'll definitely be doing that once we finish there. Well, now yeah. Brad, Brad, it's been great as always. Thanks so very much for coming on. Really um, appreciate that. Stay safe, buddy. And I'll speak to you probably before, but uh, we'll see you back on here in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, I look forward to it. It's great to be on here as always. And you take care and look after yourself, Chris. And so everybody else that joins us on the show, look after yourself and take care. You, and I'll see you. You as well, Brad. You as well, mate. I'll see you, take care. see you in a few weeks, guys. Cheers now. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye. I was asked earlier, actually, if um, I was going to not have a shave until Leicester won the uh, FA Cup. And I did jokingly say, well, it'd probably be down to my feet by then because uh, <laughs> we're destined not to win it. But who knows? We could actually win it. Um, I, th I think, don't know if you could say the names on the cup, but I definitely think we're in there with a shout. Wembley, here we come. We're going to Wembley. Yes, we are. Have a great night, guys. We're back on Tuesday. It's the football show with me and Josh. We're just going to be an open forum, and we're going to be talking anything Leicester City. And we've got a special guest on Tuesday, uh, Jerry, 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 if you remember him, Jerry Taggart. Yes, indeed. He'll be joining us for uh, half an hour on Tuesday. So join me, Josh, and the big man himself, Jerry Taggart, on Tuesday for the football forum, 7 o'clock in all the usual places. And if you want to listen to this on Catch Up, remember we are all over the old podcasts with um, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, uh, Anchor, and, of course, Google and the Podcast Addict. Hey, guys, thanks for joining us. It wouldn't be worth doing if it wasn't for you guys. Uh, we'd probably still just come on and talk, <laughs> talk, talk shit and... I don't know if we could ever get banged. We, we live in hope. Guys, see you Tuesday. Take care. Stay safe. Go off and celebrate and uh, watch Match of the Day. Good night now. Hello, Matt Elliott here. Be sure to watch Leicester Till I Die TV on YouTube and follow all their social media platforms for all the latest updates and news on Leicester City Football Club. Leicester Till I Die podcasts on the Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, Anchor and all podcast platforms. Thanks for watching Leicester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time. Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. 
Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Uh, participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.